everybody back again another week of fish around and find out we got joe mikey g josh and we got a special guest with us today trent erkslaven from round rock texas what's going on trent (laughs) well we appreciate you coming on man uh first and foremost like we do every podcast we'd like to get it started thanking our sponsors will here at uh fish tackle marine over on austin highway uh, Mikey G with uh, A Screen Graphics. He takes care of all of our shirts and hats and stuff. Of course, myself with Last Call Guide Service down at the coast, and uh, Mikey uh, G with Casa Pescador, his uh, little fishing camp down at uh, Falcon Lake. So now that we got the uh, house cleaning out of the way, Trent, man, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, we uh, we've heard that you're pretty much a fish head like the rest of us. Oh, absolutely! Thanks for having me. Uh, it's just in my blood. Well, let's uh, let's get a little backstory on you, man. Uh, how old are you? When did you start fishing? What you know? What do you, what kind of fishing do you do? Uh, how do you convince your wife to let you spend the kind of money you spend chasing fish up and down Texas? <laughs> yes, all those things. That's a big part of it, man. That's a big part of it. Um, so, thirty six years old. Uh, I've been fishing for about twenty years. Who was teaching you? Uh, my dad. Your dad. Okay, cool. My yeah. dad. And, uh, he taught me all kinds of stuff. Uh, he never really bass fished a whole bunch. He owned a couple bass boats younger years, but I never really got into it like that. Um, but uh, predominantly now I bass fish. I turned to bass fish. Nice. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that switch? Was that just you felt that was the next step for you, or just kayak fishing wasn't doing something for you, or you wanted to go faster? What was the deal? Uh, to be honest, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. Okay. She, oh, shit. Bad. Now you're in trouble. Now we're already getting this Great. guy in trouble. <laughs> Jesus. You should buy a bass boat. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, let's try it out. Yeah. And, uh, so I bought a bass fish a little bit, and then I don't know if you all remember it, but Donnie O'Neill, uh, I contacted him. And uh, he was like, hey, we got a club tournament. You want to fish a tournament? And I was like, I've never done it before. Let's try it. And so I fished my first bass tournament, and I was addicted. Yeah, nice. Like fishing for time and money. And even though it was just a couple hundred bucks to win a basketball tournament, I mean, it was like. Oh, the money is not. It's never about the money, I don't uh, think, for most of us. It was the best us. thing ever. It was. I just couldn't get enough of it. And I just, like, hammered down and just started fishing everything I could. Yeah. The 175 tracker, little. 38 yeah yeah but it's it, it's also it's always a sweeter feeling when you take people's money out of an aluminum boat with a 40 know, horse on it you know sure, man, it's always awesome man so you started i guess naturally like a lot of us you know you start in creeks and ponds and everything and then you uh started with a bass club up there what bass club were you fishing with in round rock up there uh aficionados uh it's a small club uh it's kind of dwindled down over the years but we, we're still keeping it together okay uh, hell yeah every month uh we make a few trips out to choke and stuff like that and once a year or something like that so 
Nice, what, nice. What well, are, you'll uh, you'll have to hook up hook up with us at Elite. We make a few trips up north every year, Travis and LBJ and stuff like that. So, oh, right on. Yeah. What club y'all with? Elite Bass Club. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Elite Bass Club. We've got a couple of members that live up there in the in the Austin and surrounding areas. Yeah. So. Uh, Tom Tom Purcell. Do you know? I happen to know a guy named Tom Purcell. He fishes a lot of the stuff up there, like the Bass Champs and a lot of those media stuff. Um, he's one of the guys that fishes with us. And um, who else is in the Austin area? That's about it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But we make our way up there, so you, you need to get it. You need to fish a tournament with us. Then. Absolutely. Or or if anything, if you like fish and choke, usually the first or second weekend of December, we do our elite open every year which you don't have to be a member of the club to fish but it's just a two-man team tournament it's a hundred dollars a team to enter and we guarantee a thousand dollars for first place so that's pretty good yeah mm-hmm. well the first time i met trent it was actually at a guadapalooza on travis one year oh and really i think i think you won i don't know if i'm mistaken or not almost won. almost won. Yeah. yeah but that's like almost seven pounds of quads which is which is fantastic and, wow uh, Ice boat broke down, and he fished right around Arkansas Bend and won the thing. Oh, no shit, see? Yeah. So, so, so. I was like, if you're in the right place at the right time So explain a little bit about Guadapalooza. I've heard about it. I've never, I've never fished it. I mean, I've seen it on Facebook and stuff like that. So, yeah, what is it? What's the Guadalpalooza, Guadalupe bass thing? Yeah, it's cold. Uh, it's going to be a cold time of the year. Yeah, so they do best five quads and then biggest large mountains. So they have like a side pop or biggest large mountain. Oh, nice. And your best five quads, and they can be any length. So there's no, it is, what's crazy is, is the Guadalupe basses are state fish, but there's no size regulations on it. Yeah. You can keep a three inch one or you can keep an 18 inch one if you catch it. Yeah. And so you bring it whatever, and so the weights go all the way from a couple pounds up to seven. Eight pounds is like a mega bag. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like a Medina Lake tournament. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot about that. <laughs> so what what exactly is a Guadalupe bass for the people that don't know? So they say, I mean, it's its own species, but a lot of people say they're mixed with smallmouth. They're largemouth, smallmouth mix. And Texas Parks and Wildlife has been at a few Guadalupe's to see if they're if they can pull any genes out of them being smallmouth but they're they never really found any with smallmouth because travis used to have smallmouth like they gave they introduced them in the late 70s i want to say but they all died out which i don't understand because like travis is such a deep reservoir yeah cold water deep holds them belt and holds them still house holds them you know and stuff like that and like they're all kind of the same looking lake you know lots of limestone really deep reservoir you know, I just don't understand why they keep them. But anyway, uh, they haven't found any smallmouth in, in the ones that I've seen. So I always ask them, I'm like, what are y'all doing here? They're taking samples. Taking, taking uh, you know, uh, tissue samples and stuff like that. So it's just its own breed. Oh, okay. And uh, find them everywhere. Uh, they get really big in Lake Buchanan. They get really big in LBJ. Um, you know, down by you guys, you know, down in the Guadalupe itself. I mean, there's some really big ones. But like, I think the world record is like under four pounds. Oh, wow. They don't get very so it is it is a, a smaller subspecies, I guess it would be considered. Yeah. But I mean the Guadalupe Blues is pretty badass. You guys uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like they uh they have like a cookout, fish fry. It's put on by T T Z, which is a big organization up there. Yeah. And it, it's a badass time to get to mingle with everybody, man. That I mean that's how I met Trent. Um I fished with my buddy Matt that lives up there in uh, Austin. And it was a badass time, dude. That's cool. And TTZ, that's the same organization that runs like the Thursday nighters at Canyon yep. and stuff like same that, guys. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. So, what, what are the main tournament trials that you are fishing right now outside of your club? Uh, so this year I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Bass Champs Central, maybe Bass Champs South, and then we're gonna pull the string here in the next couple of weeks if we're gonna do the rebranded belt. Oh, nice. Yeah, be- we want to we shoot for it. I mean, I, I like the whole aspect of it because I was kind of talking to Joe about this earlier this week or last Friday. Is like, 
you know, they put these tournaments on in March, April, early May, and it's like spawn and like post-spawn. You go, your last practice day is on a Sunday, and you find these fish, and you have a, almost a whole week before you get to go back and fish for them. Wow. And during the spawn, they're always moving around, so pretty much you're junk fishing, right? Yeah. You know, the kind of, your fish may stay there in the, in the selective area, maybe, right? But it's really hard to find that. So I want to be able to fish kind of like all the championships for uh, bass camps where you get to practice two or three days beforehand. Yeah. And so your last day of practice is the, the following morning is your tournament. Yeah. So I want to try that out because that's what the pros do. And, you know, all, all the big boys, that's how they fish. And, like, I want to be able to do that on a consistent basis to be able to see, you know, what happens with fish because so much can happen within a week this time. Oh, hell yeah. A lot of stuff happens within a few hours, you know. What's that? Sometimes even within a few hours and even the next day, you know. Hey, it's done. And so, like, I want to see what it's like. So me and my, uh, me and my partner, John Borden, are, are going to pull the trigger this next week, and we're going to fish uh, Brandon Belt. Now the, now, the Brandon Belt, that was a new series this year yes. that is sponsored by Brandon Belt, who is a professional baseball player, right? Yeah. Huh. I think he plays for the Blue Jays. I, I, this is my first time hearing about this. So I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's a it's a big. Uh, I just I first learned about it because naturally all of us fishing guys we watch YouTube videos and social media and stuff like that. And uh, uh, Todd Castledine was pushing it real hard. Oh wow! Okay. On his social media and stuff like that, you yeah. know, and um, I think they fished what I think four tournaments this year. I know they fished Toledo. I think they fished Ray Roberts. Uh, and a couple, it's more of kind of an east, northeast, at okay. least it was this year. I don't know yes. what the schedule is going to be like next year. Well, I think they're coming to choke. The championship yeah. is at choke. Yeah. For $100,000. Wow. $100,000? Yes. Yeah, on choke. But you got to fish them all, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Yes, you have to fish them all. Wow. So that Mikey's thinking about look at well, that. Well, well, <laughs> but so that's what's cool about, like for instance, the Brandon Belt. As Bass Champs, you just have to fish them all. Yeah. Brandon Belt, you got to be in the top seventy-five in the Angler of the Year. Yeah. Because how much is it a tournament? Like twenty-five hundred, three thousand a tournament. Twelve hundred dollars. How much? Wow. Well, think about it, dude. $1,200. I know this sounds crazy, but I like the idea of having to finish in the top 75 because I look at like myself, for instance, and I guess they don't, I guess there's no way of knowing it, but like if we would have, if you're a choke hammer and you would have known that there was going to be a hundred thousand dollars tournament on choke plus a boat. Yeah. Dude, I would have just paid the four entry fees and never even gone (laughs) and then just, went and tried to well you still got to be top 75 though but that's what i'm saying is that's what i that's what i like about having to actually finish as opposed to bass champs you can just pay the entry and And just show up yeah fish a championship yeah so somebody well thought out yeah no that they did a very good job of of that and i've man i i would love for something like that to you know i've always been intrigued about a tournament and i know this sounds crazy because i fish the bass champs i fish some of the texas team trails in the past well I you fish. don't just fish them you kind of win yeah them. you, no, kinda, you sh- won two bass champs bro <laughs> well thank you very much trent i appreciate it um <laughs> Nate, didn't you fish that one trent oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was a, show. Mm. a shit show or just a show, a shit show. <laughs> did, did, did you fish both days well, uh, that, that storm that hit knocked out our power and knocked, didn't charge any of our boats. Oh, damn. Dude, that's so tough. the second day, I, my partner and I were talking about it on the way home the second day. When we got off the water, of course, the first day, south wind at like 15, 20 miles an hour, normal, you know, Amistad oh, stuff. The next day, 20 to 25 miles an hour out of the north sustained, and the temperature in the truck was 27 degrees colder at four o'clock in the afternoon than it was the day before. Mm. Like it was just a complete light switch change. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. But, but back to the bass champs thing before 
I got sidetracked. Thanks, guys. Yeah, winner. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> if I won too, I'd talk about it whenever I got the chance. Dude, too. I don't talk about it at all. <laughs> it, you just got the. It's the best of the, that's, it really is. Like, we got a second place in one uh, a couple years ago uh, in 21 on LBJ, but I mean, we got winning one i mean there's an incredible field in bastion oh yeah no, there there is it's it's uh it's really? def, it's definitely one of the top you know i would say competitive leagues in the in the southern united states it, it's up okay. there but uh one of the things that i've always thought would be interesting is you know everybody travels all over the place to go fish goes out east and florida and all that and i've always wondered why it's, fo- it's so funny because the name of our bass club is Elite Bass Club. But I always told myself if I had the money to sponsor a tour or like create a tour, yeah, my goal was to always, like you, you hear Todd Castledine talks about, he, he checks how much he can win, how much it's going to cost. And I mean, he's basically a full-time pro and doesn't ever really leave the state of Texas. Wow. I was like, it would be awesome for somebody to do a tour called like Texas Elite or something yeah, yeah. like that. And have a four or five tournament season and fish like Amistad, Falcon, LBJ, Rayburn, and you know just have a little all the big leagues, a little yeah. Texas series that just rotated, but yeah. but went everywhere. I always was like, man, dude, that'd be freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Do you like four in the spring and then four in the fall or something? Yeah, like that? something. Yeah. You know, I just always thought that'd be cool, and I Let's thought just there skip would be a, yeah, skip around. summer. Dude. <laughs> fucking too hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I when I was Trent's age at thirty, at a fine young study thirty six, I was fishing in any weather. At forty three, I'm a fair weather fisherman these days. Dude, <laughs> thirty three, and I don't even want to fish in the summertime. <laughs> so so Trent, you're you're talking about bass champs and possibly Brandon Belt and stuff like that. Um, I guess my next question would be one: What do you do for a living that allows you that much time off? You know, because I mean, or do you fish just full time? What 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 is your uh, resume like? Oh, nice. Yeah, plumbing, bro. That's where it's at. Went from HVAC to plumbing. Yeah, HVAC's <laughs> where it's at. That was three weeks ago. Now it's plumbing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've been doing that for almost 12 years now and uh, found a really good gig uh, with a good company. And um, I pretty much work until my job's done. I don't have to pick up anything else. I pretty much do the jobs, a lot of the jobs that nobody wants to do. And... Uh, so when my job's done and I clock out, I'm, I'm done. So like I, I do get some free time. Uh, I am able to schedule some time off since I've been with them almost ten years. Nice. Um, and stuff like that. It is. Uh, it, it's pretty good. So this this will require like fishing the big tournament. I'm talking about fishing it would require five weeks of Wednesday through Friday off. So it would be the most time I've ever taken off for work. Uh, to fish so but they're completely understandable uh or understanding um they uh they let me take we qualified for uh the Bassmaster team championship on hartwell uh through media this year nice yeah they let me take about two weeks off so oh that's right. badass and they, get, they sponsored half of it like it was pretty Hey man, plug the name of your company because I, I'm a small business owner and I own a screen printing company, so we do T-shirts for a living. But it's rare to find people that support you know people outside of what how you make them money. You know, so do you oh, mind sharing yeah, the name they, of the company? Yeah, it's, it's ARS Rescue Reader, and they've got them all over. Okay. Uh, all over, they got like I don't know how many locations, but it's all over the U.S. Okay, so it's a, probably like a franchise or something like that. It's, it's, it's one company, but they just have like I don't know sixty something locations. Location, okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. I feel you. All right. Well, cool, man. We'll go kudos to them for uh, supporting you and your your fishing career. You know, your fishing ambitions or career or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because some people like I, I like I take my fishing very seriously, and I want to fish as much as I can. I want to compete at the highest level that I can afford to do it, time wise and money wise. You know, um, but like I don't ever have like I. I, when I was young, I used to think that like fishing the elites would be like a dream. And now when you see how hard those guys work, you know, like they've probably got one of the hardest jobs on the planet in my, in my opinion, you know, like, I, I don't know if I want any of that juice, you know, that's crazy talk. <laughs> but it's, I mean, and it'd be cool to be able to do, but like you have to pull the trigger. Sure. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a, it's a hundred percent commitment. For sure. I was just watching a, uh, podcast with uh, drew cook earlier and he was like yes yeah, pull the trigger yeah there is no plan b there is no plan c yeah he's was talking to mike Iconelli. he's like if you don't have this plan a plan a only yeah you're not gonna make 
Oh yeah. And that's, and I, as a small business owner, I feel that's the same way in small business. You can't wait till you have all these different options because then you quit too quick, you know? So, um, and it's funny you bring up Drew Cook. I think he's the one who won that, uh, we were marshals in the boat and on Lake Travis several years back. And I think Drew Cook won that one. He's a, he's a Bagley guy, right? No, that's Drew Benton. That's Drew Benton. My bad. Yes. Okay. Drew Benton's the one that fell out the boat, right? Yes. (laughs) My bad. Wrong guy. So, so Trent, you mentioned you're a plumber. You work for, for your plumbing company. I mean, you fishing as much as you do. Do you have any other sponsors or, or help within the fishing industry? I mean, the point of this podcast, we tell everybody, you know, if you have anybody that helps you out, you know, by all means, plug them, get their name out there. I mean, anything that, hey, if they if you if you're sponsored by a tackle company and they sell one bait from you being on this podcast, well then it was worth it, you know. Man, uh, I wish I did. I'm, I'm working on that right now. I just put together a resume. Uh, one of my friends, uh, John Warden, has taught me how to make a resume. Awesome. Just job resume, put down your accomplishments, all your places, and so I went through all the lists of. All the medias, the bass champs, TTZs, all that stuff, put together a list. You, you know, you don't want to put your like hundred and one place. Like fifty plus, you know. Up and, you you'd um, want to put on there that you finished one hundred and fifty sixth of Josh Spencer when he took twenty thousand dollars of your money that you could have won, you know. <laughs> He says it really all it takes is to get one sponsor, like one. It doesn't have to be the biggest sponsor, but like one sponsor you truly believe in, like you use their stuff. And once you get that, and then you start sending your resume out, then it starts to. True. So I'm working on that right now. I literally just finished up a resume maybe three weeks ago. Sent it out to a few companies. So we're working on that right now. So nobody to plug. Uh, I do have a guy that's not in the fishing industry. Uh, his name is Patrick Kinsley. He's with Not a Glum Lot. Um, and he's a nonprofit organization, and he helped me. Uh, he helped us go to the Bassmaster Team Championship. Nice. That is awesome. Not that is awesome. Lot. Hey, well, uh, you know, they were telling me that uh, that you were a friend of Joe's, and I had like a really hard work week, and I was just like, man, I'm not sure who this guy is, and not, no disrespect to you or anything like that. I was just, it was been a long week. And nobody listens to this podcast and nobody cares. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. No, I'm very committed to these guys because I, I really love what they're doing. I think there's a, there's like a space for this in South Texas because there's so much good fishing to be had here. There's so many good uh, fishermen to learn from and to fish against, you know, so I really love what Josh and Joe are doing. Well, see, like, that's why, that's why, like, I, I wanted to reach out to, you know, the Austin of course, of area course. guys because that, I mean, what they do up there, I mean, it's totally different from what we do yeah. down here. Yeah. But it's badass to have everybody on, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But then, but one of the main things that he did that I was like, man, I got to talk and know this guys. We got to know the champion story, dude, because there's a lot of champion guys in elite bass club and I'm one of them too. So I, uh, a couple years back, I spent my life savings rebuilding my champion. So I want to know about yours, dude. Awesome, dude. Um, so, all right, hey, is it break time yet, Josh? Or do we know nope, we got about seven minutes. All right, so we cool. got, we got enough time all right, for this. My, my bad. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, so I bought this boat uh, a few years back, 20 into 2020, from a guy named Donnie O'Neill. Uh, he, he passed away uh, two years ago. Is uh, uh, hold I bought on. It from him, it was in great shape. He put a brand new 250 uh, four stroke on it. Yeah. It had 130 hours on it, so I got a super sick deal on it. Nice. And, um, I fished out of it so much, it was starting to get a little suntan, stuff like that, uh, carpet. Yeah. And so I was going to take it out to Golden's. Uh, out Toledo and I started thinking about it. I was like hey man I gotta do a carpet and then I want to do sea deck and like I want to get the, the boat redone you know like some glass work and stuff like that and I started thinking about it I was like man I may have to take it to a few different places right yeah even the Bolton does all I may have to do the carpet somewhere else whatever so I was like man I'm gonna start piecing it together here and so I started calling around and trying to find a carpet guy to pat the front deck and all that stuff and I found a guy marble balls and uh he did the carpet for me, found the guy, did the, I took it out there, dropped it off two weeks later, went and picked it up, fantastic job, did a really good job. Who's this place, plugged in? What's that? The, uh, it's called Ed's Upholstery in Marble Falls, Texas. Say that one more time. Ed's Upholstery. Ed's Upholstery, Ed's Upholstery, yeah. Marble Falls. All right, cool. Because it's hard yeah. to find good work nowadays, you yeah. know, just to, for people who pay for stuff, you know, I'm sure you've had a lot of bad experiences and 
we all do. We, we, we pay a lot for the stuff that we buy. And so many times it, it's hard to hear like, hey, they did a great job. So whenever people say that as a small business owner, I want to know who did a good job, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, cool. And, uh, but yeah, he did that. And, uh, and so I started piecing it together. I went and dropped it off at uh, LBJ Marineland uh, to get the detail done, wet sand, all that stuff. Nice. And then the guy I met, Jared Finkhouse with Altmar Boatworks, he, uh, he does uh, aqua traction, not sea deck. And uh, he does aqua traction, and he came over and mapped out the boat and did it. Wow. And, you know, because I, I wanted to buy a new boat. Like, that was the whole goal. Like, someone talked to me out of it. They are like, you just redo the boat. So, like, for a fraction of yep. the price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I did it and put it together, and it came out fantastic. Like, everybody did a very good job. I had to do a couple things with the trim and, like, fix it up the way I wanted it and stuff like that. But other than that, nice, nice, so. nice. Very good. No, same, same, similar thing. I dropped it off at one place, uh, the place called Marine Clean. Uh, they did a fantastic job. There was a few issues here and there, but, I mean, they basically took the boat. They tore it in half. I mean, they redid the trailer. Um, there was nothing on that boat that they didn't touch, you know, so it's, it's a 98 202 and then we put a 250 pro XS, the four stroke on it and two 12 inch graphs, the old tracks, uh, we got rid of all the analog gauges and put the mercury vessel view. So it's got a, it's a digital gauge boat. It's just, it's super sick, man. Uh, and, um, but yeah, so that was a one-stop shop, but you know, sometimes I think like, you know, when you, you they're very good fiberglass and paintwork people. You know, they did amazing work on the carpet and the seats and other things. Uh, some of the finishing things we had to retouch and go over a few times, but it's all good. I mean, it was a major project. Um, but yeah, same thing. Like I was looking at new Skeeters and I was like, nah, I can't spend that kind of money. So again, for about a third of the price, we re rebuilt the boat. So, right. yeah. So what kind of champion is it that you redid, Trent? Uh, it's a 2008 champion 210. Elite. Oh, it's the 210. Yeah. That's a nice boat. Yeah, but see, like. You're not the only one up there that I know that redoes like champions. I know, uh, I think Preston, Preston Dana. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, he, he got he was big into it and started looking at champions. So, really, yeah. And Preston's a, I don't know if he's still guiding. Is he still guiding on Travis? Uh, I haven't seen him post anything in a while. I haven't even really seen him fish. We saw him fish a couple TFLs this year, but that's about it. I'm, that's, not, I'm not sure. That's what happens when you get married and have kids, right? <laughs> 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 are y'all kid free yes we are oh no wonder you fish so much dude i was wondering like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well trent i'm gonna i'm gonna stop the recording right here we're gonna let it process real quick take a minute or two and then we're gonna pick back up and finish up with you all right bud all right well here we are back back for our second segment now trent you mentioned something that uh i thought was pretty pretty interesting you said you bought that champion from Donnie O'Neill. Now, I don't know if a lot of people know. I don't know Donnie O'Neill personally. I just know from following bass fishing, I know that he was uh, fishing that NPFL, the National Professional Fishing League, right? Okay. And then he had an unfortunate, I think, bout with COVID or something like that that unfortunately took his life, I think, a couple of years ago. Right, Trent? Right. Yeah. That's crazy, and he was. Uh, he was a he was a tournament fisherman. He was, and he he was very well known in that central Texas area. I really mean, used to fish everything, the bass champ, all that stuff up there. I mean, he fished literally every tournament trail there ever was, and he fished all of them. And he had different partners for each one. No he's sure. really one of the ones that taught me what I know now. Nice. Like, Teaching me all this stuff, like took Andrew's wing and taught me all this stuff. Not not just bass, but stuff in life stuff. You know? Nice, Super nice. Smart, uh, very, very good to the core. Yeah. Uh, what one of those rare human beings is just nice, just because they like being nice, right? Like to build other people up. Just like any of us sit around talk fishing and like yeah. he lived. Now he he worked a job and then sold houses to make money for fishing and he fished yeah. every trip. Like it was crazy. Like he fished. I don't know how many tournaments here. Here. Did you ever get to fish with him? You said oh, a bunch. Oh, nice man, very cool. That's so, what's up. And then yeah. you, and then when he passed, you were able to take the boat, uh, or you got his boat, correct? Yeah, I actually bought it. He got a deal with Bullet. Uh, oh, I see, right I see. Getting an NPFL, and oh, he got okay. a deal with Bullet, and he was like, "Hey, I'm selling the boat." Yeah. And the funny story is, is that uh, he 
he was trying to sell it to me. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna buy Phoenix, man. I'm, I want a Phoenix. Like, yeah. Like, whatever they were, eighty-eight, ninety thousand at the time. <laughs> yeah. Looking at him, and I was like, no, I'm gonna do it. He's like, man, just just take a look at the champion. I was like, I know I've seen that fished out a few times, you know. And uh, one day he uh, he cleaned it all up, and, like I mean, shined it all up, made it pretty, made, you know, cleaned the carpet, and everything, and he took up like thirty-six pictures of them and sent them to me. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm looking at him, I'm scrolling through, I'm checking it all out. He goes, he goes man, last I got some dudes kicking the tires, you want to buy it? And I was like, man, I was like, man, I'm tired of coming. I said, if you can bring it over and you can fit it in my garage, <laughs> I'll take it. Tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, we came over, we put, I've got to put uh, go jacks underneath all four tires, swing it sideways, yeah. and hold the tongue in. And we fit it in, and it's like, I mean, like two and a half inches. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, it's in there. It's in there. Nice. <laughs> well, I definitely don't think you did bad in that department as far as uh, the boat that you purchased. But yeah, I just I thought it was interesting that you mentioned that name. That name, and I I knew a little bit about the story and stuff. And yeah, everybody <laughs> I've ever talked to that has known him or gotten the opportunity to to meet him, I mean, yeah, he's just one of those rare human beings that just ever. I don't know if anybody actually ever had a bad thing to say about him ever. Oh wow. Uh, maybe that he was idling too fast through the no wake zone. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, 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 or they were tired. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they were tired of losing money to him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, people, yeah. people got their feelings hurt because they were taking all. He was yeah, taking all their but money. see, like this is this is what I want. I want to know like the come up of Texas fishing. Who were the sticks? Yeah, and I want I want to like honestly like I wish I had people like that knew deep history. I mean, we know here. But as far as like everywhere, all across, like that knows history about Texas fishing and bass fishing. Oh, and abs- how, like, the absolutely. Game, because know? that's, that's to me, that's what's so intriguing about bass fishing in the state of Texas. I mean, especially when you get out like into East Texas and North Texas and stuff. I mean, there's some rich history there. There's yeah. rich history. And I mean, there's guys out there that have forgotten more about fishing than I even know and yeah, yeah. never even heard of their names before. Yep. started fishing one of my partners when he he went to college up in austin well he actually went to utsa and then he went to grad school at ut up in austin and he used to fish with uh i think it's sandy creek bass club up there yeah they're located i think in the marble falls area Mm -hmm. something like that but one of the guys in their club was a guy named dean alexander and I mean, he's a central Texas hammer. He, he qualified for the elites and I think he fished one or two seasons and, you know, then he, he doesn't, he didn't do it anymore, but I mean, he went out there and held his own, you know, I think he finished in the top mid, you know, mid or better half of the, you know, angler of the year on the elite series. And it was his first year going out of state and traveling all over the place. And Texas definitely can hold their own, I think. Yeah, there's some great hammers out there, but I think in uh, I think you know the elite series um, and similar series, even the FLW and the MLF, like the, the commitment that these guys have to the sport is unreal. Like, I mean, I think when you're young and you get into bass fishing, you win a couple of bucks doing it. You're like, man, this would be amazing to do this for a living. And then when you start following these guys, and especially you know with YouTube and social media, all that stuff looked like a lot of fun. And then you realize how like these guys live out of a suitcase in the beginning or out of the back of a truck. Um, and they do that for years, you know, they do like even Brandon Polinick, everybody would see him nowadays and be like, man, look at how good fishing can be to you. But that guy slept out of the back of a Toyota for like years, even when he was doing well, you know, to even get where he's at. So that's the kind of commitment that it takes, you know, like you said, no plan B. So yeah. um, heavy respect for those guys, man. I've always loved those. I, I, feel, I feel like they're like the modern day gypsies, man. They just wander the world trying to catch fish, you know, and make, <laughs> some, make enough money to feed themselves and their wife and kids, you know, and that's good enough for them. And I love that, that spirit, you know. Yeah, and, and you guys know how it is. Like, we go out of town to fish, just go fun fish or something. We don't need much. No. I, I need a place to sleep 
and I don't care where it's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm comfortable for a few days, and I'm fine with it because I'm I'm up at four, I'm up at five. Yeah, it's a place to sleep, man. I'm, I'm rolling. I'm like, I'm the first one up. I'm like, let's go, guys. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I've got three requirements when I travel for fishing: cold air conditioning, hot shower, no roaches, and I'm in. Like, that's that's all I need. Was it the bass in on choke? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have some nightmare stories of staying at places down at Falcon. Uh, well, I have a place down there now, and I keep that place clean because yeah, we've got some, and I won't mention names. And it doesn't matter. Like you know, when you when you've owned properties and you or you um, have friends with the restaurants, you understand, like, you can't keep every bug out of any home. It doesn't matter what you do. It, they're going to make it in. So, uh, like, I have a fishing lodge down at Falcon Lake, and, you know, every one, and sometimes there's a, a week sometimes between stays. Right now the lake's so low, it's been slow. Um, but, you know, sometimes people will be on, go in and be like, I'm going to blow you up on Airbnb. I found a roach in your trailer. I'm like, dude, it's on the fucking border of Texas in like a billion degrees. There's water in there. Roaches are trying not to die, dude. They just want to sip water, dude. Chill out. You know? <laughs> so it's just like, take, you know, but um, but anyway, but yeah, just is. Yeah. Again, like Josh said, just cold, like a cold air conditioning, and a hot shower and just don't I don't want to wake up with roaches on me. I'll be good, man. <laughs> well, and, you know. That's that's one of the things that has intrigued me about talking to you, Trent, is we talk about the Elite Series guys and the BPT guys. You know, like you said, no plan B. They just go for it all. But I guess because I'm one of those guys, I have a real special respect for the, the fishermen that, you know, work a Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 job yeah. and still pour yeah. their heart and soul into – going and whether it's fishing on a local club level or fishing on a regional tournament level like bass champs or texas team trail you know unfortunately that's the i would say that's the only downfall to the sport of bass fishing that i see is there's a lot of guys that make it to the top just because they have the financial backing true not necessarily because they're the best fishermen yeah it's 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 not like other sports where I mean, think about all the basketball players and stuff you hear about that grew up in nothing, but their athletic ability is going to carry them to wherever. Natural talent. That's, yeah. Bass fishing's a little bit different. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, if you've got enough money to throw at it, eventually you can get where you're going. And that's why I have mad respect for guys like y'all that are going to fish the Bassmaster, you know, weekend series championship because y'all qualified through another series and, you, you're just pouring your heart and soul into it and uh yeah you're asking for time off i mean you're put i'm sure you're dipping into some savings accounts you're asking you know what i mean like i um, mean it's just commitment and that's what we talk about on the show all the time it's a real sickness you know like we, we we'd have some fat savings accounts if it wasn't for bass fishing you know? <laughs> no we really would i'd probably have multiple you know multiple houses and and it just uh it's crazy but yeah so it's cool and, and the other thing that i like about you and i don't really know you that well yet i mean well first of all you're handsome you know from, from <laughs> You look on the, on the video and stuff. Um, that's you strong, know, I get a strong whisper. jawline. I, right there. Yeah, strong jawline. You know, nice good pads. features. Check this guy out. Dude. <laughs> he looks like <laughs> he looks like a true Central Texas boy, dude. I'm a little jealous. Dude. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so uh, no, but seriously, the other thing I like about you before I met you is that you recycled a boat, and then you didn't pay those ridiculous prices, dude. Because I think. Like we're talking about the the bass fishing industry is unfortunately it's it's pricing a lot of people out of even being able to enjoy the sport. You know what I mean? But but um, you know I always tell people that shouldn't nobody that shouldn't ever discourage anybody from from pursuing it because if, when people really want to do something you can't stop them. You know what I mean? You really can't stop them. And then um, and then also success is relative to what you want to do with your life. You know, like we talked about, there's some great South Texas anglers, there's some great anglers that make it, never make it to that level because their their life didn't allow it, just their circumstances, you know what I mean? But that doesn't change their passion for the sport. And those are the people that we like meeting and talking to, you know what I mean? Not that we don't want to meet the pros, but hey, they got they got bigger podcasts to be on. So it's cool to talk to people like you with the same kind of passion, you know? It's just, it's just, it's, it's, in, it's in my blood now. Like, I'm just, I'm all about it. I want to, first of all, you got to be able to keep up with the big boys. In just the local tournaments, you know. True. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and getting swift places and stuff like that, things have started clicking. Yeah. And I feel like in the last year and a half, things have started to click for me. Yeah. Um, not all the way, but I see it in a new picture. I've always, I've always looked at people and looked at these old school anglers like I fished with some 
some really good grass fishermen and stuff like that. And I said, and I watched the way they fish, and I, I see it click. Yeah. And, and like, and everybody's been like, man, it just clicked for me one day. And I'm always like, I've been chasing that. And I'm like, man, it's never clicked, it's never clicked. And then uh, just in the last year and a half, things have started to click, and I've started to see it in a different uh, aspect and like where the fish are going, where they're going to be, instead of just fishing an area. And, and yeah. Really deep diving into it. And, nice. It's that time on the water, dude. It's you can't replace it. You know, it's time on the water. You know, once you spend so many hours in the water, stuff just starts making sense just because you're out yeah. there. You know. Yeah, exactly, and that and that's really, I think, what separates the, uh, you know, even the great regional anglers. You know, like we look at the guys, you know, South Texas guys that we've been, you know, South and Central Texas. You know, guys that have dominated down here for. 20 years, you know, the Charles Whitteds and the, you know, Terry Odoms and the Jaime Boutrons and the Derek Kirkendall, you know, all these different guys. And it's, it's the time on the water that is really excelled them to the next level. Because when you sit there and think about it, it's like, okay, I started bass fishing when I was 18. I'm 37 now, but you know, I only do it on the weekends. And then you look at, oh dude, I, I fish two or three days a week. Like you take someone like I just use Charles, for instance, because I know he's a guide. You yeah. know, even if he's out guiding for crappie, yeah, he, he's still on yeah. his boat looking at electronics, seeing water temperature, seeing all that stuff. And seeing I mean, how fish behave. All yeah. of that stuff correlates, even though he might not necessarily even be fishing for bass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. That guy's really good. I mean, he, he, makes, he makes some pretty good money doing it. And, uh, he's yeah. always they always in the money so yeah almost no. always and, and the rare thing about him is that he does it in central and south texas you know yeah. both of them a lot of there's a lot of south texas guys there's a lot of central texas guys but there's not a lot of guys like him that can take money from you know from north Te you know from central texas all the way down to the border you know he's just oh constant. absolutely yeah you know, fishing these lakes for probably 25 plus years you know guiding on them something like you know, you, you, you come to find out a lake, uh, high water, low water, uh, different times of year. Does it have grass? Does it not have grass? Yeah. Uh, so and, and you, you that, these like you really don't even need to practice. No, you no. Go run a pattern that you think is going to work, and then go from there. I mean, in theory, right? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent correct. That's a cumulative time out in the water that you're describing. Okay. You know, what I mean, it's just you've seen it so many times. You've been on that water so many. You know, when that grass is growing out to that, you know, edge, you know what to do because you've you've done it a number of times. What's know? What's so funny is the one thing I noticed was, I guess back in like 2015, you know, Amistad hit its low, like where it was 60 feet low, yeah. and then just two years ago it got back down to 60 feet low again. And what's funny is I noticed because I'm one of those geeks that studies the, all the results and stuff like that. Even if I don't fish the tournament, I like right. to see who's, who did good and everything. What I noticed was there was a lot of old timers that all of a sudden their names started creeping back up to the top of the list. Not guys that, you know, guys that I don't want to say necessarily haven't been relevant in the last 10 or 15 no, years, but yeah. you know, some of those old timers, like, you know, well, like they, a, they saw the lake at 60 like, feet low. So yeah. They knew like, where to go. like the guys out, out, I use Amistad for instance, like the Trent Huckabees and yeah. stuff like that, that, and I, and the only thing I could start thinking was, and I finally got to talk to a, an older guy and he said, well, yeah, dude, back in 19, you know, the late nineties, this was the water level. This is what we fished all the time. And like, he knew exactly where to go. The minute he put the boat on the water and the lake was 50 feet low, I'd never fished at 50 feet low. So <laughs> yeah, it's all new it was, <laughs> it was like me fishing a new lake at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the best thing you can do when the water level is low like that is to go out there and don't fish for a little while and just go mark stuff. Yes. Yeah. Because when that water level comes back up, that stuff that you think that looks really good is really good. Yeah. No, that's, it, that's what I try to do a lot. Like we're real low right now. I know you guys are too. Uh, I know Choke got some water not too long ago, but they all still low. Amistad, they dropped, I don't know how many feet since April. <laughs> yeah. How low is Amistad right now? Is it um, it, 15 to, Travis is 50 foot low. Yeah. Amistad is, still, Amistad is still in the low 50s. It, uh, it kind of, it, it's kind of stabilized a little bit, but yeah, back in the beginning of the year, they were pulling water yeah, we, like crazy. Because yeah. like I was telling y'all when we did the episode after the Bass Champs, uh, Trent, that was one thing that was crazy. The the spot that my partner and I won on, when we found those fish, those fish had 20 feet of water over the top of them, 
the day of the tournament, they had four and a half feet of water over the top of them. <laughs> so, yeah, so we found those fish at like the beginning of March. And we checked that spot a couple of times. And every time it was 20 feet. And then the next time it was 16 feet. And then the next time it was 10 feet. Like <laughs> we were literally like freaking out. Like, dude, this thing is going to be high and dry by the time the tournament comes. And we just got lucky that it's still, we got lucky it had enough water on it that they stayed. So. And it was that time of year for them to be shallow and, and a little bit deep too. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so Trent, do you have any tournaments coming up in the, I mean, I know you said you fish probably 45 to 50 weekends out of the year. Uh, what's next on the, on the docket for you and your partner? Uh, I mean, I'm fishing Texas boat world right now. We just had one on Sunday on Nelson. It wasn't very good, but uh, that, that'll be every month for the entire year. Uh, every last Sunday we fish that every year. And then uh, we have some clubs coming up and stuff like that, but nothing really fires off until December. I, I usually fish uh, December. I fish media in December and stuff like that. Get the year rolling, get some tournaments rolling. So that's but just cool. world every month for the next year. That's cool, and that you know that's one of the advantages I've noticed about the Central Texas guys over the South Texas guys is Central Texas around Austin reminds me kind of like up north, like around Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, Dallas. If you draw a 60 mile radius around Dallas, there's 75 lakes in yep. Austin, not that many, but you've got, you More know, here. Travis, <laughs> LBJ, Belton, Buchanan, t- you know, you've got a still house. You've got a pretty good as to where like down here in South Texas, yeah. choke. we've got choke. That's an hour <laughs> and a half, but then Amistad goes to three hours, Falcons three and a half hours. And yeah. it, it's, it's not as easy just to jump on and be on the water. Yeah. yeah. You've have you been fishing Lake Austin much? We used to get to Lake Austin a lot when you used to have grass. No. Is it dead? Yeah, I mean, they, they catch them out of it. They have the, the Donnie O'Neill Memorial Tournaments on Wednesday nights, and they catch, it could be 8 pounds, it could be 18 pounds. It just depends. But there's, but, still, uh, but there's still some big ones being caught every once in a while? What's that? There's still some big ones being caught every once in a while in Lake uh, Austin? There always will be, but I mean, it's just... Uh, it's fishing better, like the numbers aspect of it. Yeah. Because, like, you can go out there and fish all day and maybe catch three fish. Oh, wow. After they took the crash. And it may be a big one. It may be 10, 14 inches. You know, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Numbers, you can go out there and catch 15, 20 fish in a day's time. But they're all, all small. You may run into some It's just tough. It's tough to pattern the lake. Like, there's spots, and then there's. I don't, I've never really ran into a pattern. Everybody gets them on docks. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a dock lake or, or there's a few spots. Yeah, exactly. So. Nice, so, nice. Well, yeah. one, one last question I have for you, Trent, is you fish 50 weeks out of the year, 50 weekends out of the year. You fish all over the place. And, I mean, you have a wife that supports you. Is the wife a fisher? Is a is the wife a fisherwoman at all? Does she ever go? Does she enjoy the fishing, the outdoors? Or look at that, she's looking at it right now. I know right. she's <laughs> she's like, you better not make me sound bad on this thing. <laughs> I can see the flames burning in your eyes, dude. She fishes sometimes. She likes to be gone sometimes. So yeah. Well, the the I guarantee you, it's white claws, and she's chilling on the back of the boat. Hey, the only reason I the only reason I ask is because my wife. Could, my wife could care less about going bass fishing with me. But in the summertime, I guide down at the coast, redfish, trout, and stuff like that. And that's her, that's her jam. Like, she, like I can't get her out of the boat in the summertime when we're down at the coast. She loves it. But the minute bass season starts, she's like, all right, babe, I'll see you later. Love yeah. you. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, she doesn't fish much of me, but she does every now and again. I just like to clue her. Uh, if she doesn't want to go, I mean, I do tell her, you know, I tell her I'm leaving at five o'clock in the morning. She's like, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't wake me up on your way out. I'm an hour and a half away. She's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, Trent, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast, man. It's really, it's always cool to talk to another local angler, you know, local to the San Antonio Austin area that has the same passion and, you know, fishes a lot of the same stuff that we do. And uh, you're definitely going to have to, hook up with us either with a lead or down at our open or something like that. And uh, we'd love to meet you in person, man, and get to talk fishing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Especially I, I'm, I'm intrigued with some of the stuff like you talked about the media and stuff like that. You know, 
not there aren't we i've never fished a media event because i don't think we have much down around this area as Sometimes much as a choke but i think most of their central section yeah too. so i mean that you know some of those t- tours and series and stuff like that you know i'd love to especially when you start fishing them again you know it, you know get you on even if it's just for a quick 15 minute 15 20 minute segment you know talk about it see how the fishing was how the tournament was i mean love to it'd, always hear recaps it'd be really cool to have somebody that in like the central texas area that like you're saying we could call up and just kind of get a fishing report to how the lakes are fishing around there just because you're connected up there you know yeah absolutely man i'd love to you know like we we've kind of talked about it in you know if we could get somebody from central texas on and someone from south texas you know once a quarter or something like that once every couple months and just kind of get a rundown on what's going on and what tournaments are coming up and everything and then hopefully uh, we can gain a little traction with the podcast and it can just be something that everybody kind of tunes into just to hear what's going on absolutely man i've already shared it with a few buddies uh, i've told them that i was coming on with you guys tonight and i've already shared it with a couple of buddies and We've been talking about it. They're like, man, I'll just check it out. Nice. Absolutely. And Trent, before uh, I'll post this tomorrow morning. So uh, I will, uh, I've got your number now, but I'll text you. And if you want, uh, do you have any social media that you use for your fishing or uh, Uh, Facebook? I do. Uh, Central Texas, Central Texas Handsome Man. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Do you have a fans only page by channel? I'll subscribe. Well, definitely. Feet finder. I will. Uh, I, I will text you the link to the Facebook and the and I'll have Joe text you the link to the uh, Instagram page. That way, when I post it tomorrow, if you don't mind, I'd be more than happy. I'll tag you in it and stuff. That way, if any of your friends that are friends with you on Facebook see it and want to listen to you or whatever, that way, uh, you know, people know what what you're doing and what you're talking about. Absolutely, sounds like a plan, dude. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much again. Y'all guys got anything else? I'm good, man. Yeah, was was, good so I'm, I'm putting together a champion uh, calendar because I'm a champion. Uh, like, I'm really into champions, but I'm looking for guys that pose in Speedos by their oh, champions. Oh, good <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That is terrible. We had to gay up the show a little bit. You are terrible. Off, yeah. Well, got. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you very much for for tuning in this week. Another episode of Fish Around and Find Out from here at Fish Tackle Marine. Will, thanks for having us again as usual. And uh, we will catch everybody next week. Until next week, guys.